Welcome to the 1717 Podcast, a ministry of Roseville Baptist Church with Pastor Jackie Hill. There is no such thing as your truth and my truth. There is only truth and untruth. And Pastor Derek Ambrose. We have to stop searching for truth in our culture when God's already given us the answer. Jackie and Derek answer important questions with the truth of God's Word. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Here's your host, Derek Ambrosen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 83 of the 1717 Podcast. I'm Pastor Derek Ambrosen, and I'm joined by Pastor Jackie Hill. Jackie, how are you doing today, man? Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, I just I had my last physical therapy session earlier today, and my foot is sore, um, but it's good to know that uh, either well, it's good. No, I don't need any more physical therapy, or uh, maybe it's time to pray even more that there's nothing more they can do for me. Yeah, but yeah, uh, okay. either way, I'm I'm done with physical therapy now on the Achilles tendon, so I'm excited about that and praising God that I'm able to walk around and um, get around on my own two feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, how and, you doing? And man? recovered recovered from COVID as well. Yeah, yeah, for the second week, time. So. Yeah, round two, ding. Yeah, uh, no, I'm I'm good. Much much better than that. We we just spent a week. Uh, with with family uh, having a vacation, my flooring is is finishing up here in our house for our kitchen, and so things uh, with our whole kitchen remodel, things have come together quite nicely. So we are we are doing well. We are excited. Shout out to Brian Robears with yeah. Brian's flooring. Yes, thank you, Brian, <laughs> for the work. But Jackie, uh, I want to get right into the episode today because this is a a hot topic one that. Uh, if you guys are around on the the socials at all, you've definitely heard about. You probably have a strong opinion about because literally everybody does. And that is how, or I guess our question really is, how should Christians view the overturning of Roe v. Wade? Yes. And now we want to clarify exactly what it means because I think some people know that Roe v. Wade is about abortion, but don't know exactly what it means. And so it's important to define that. So NPR.org says this. The decision, most of which was leaked in early May, means that abortion rights will be rolled back in nearly half of the states immediately, with more restrictions likely to follow. For all practical purposes, abortion will not be available in large swaths of the country. The decision may well mean, too, that the court itself, as well as the abortion question, will become a focal point in the upcoming fall elections and in the fall and thereafter. So this, obviously from NPR, that talking about the, the kind of ramifications it's going to have for these future elections. We know abortion is a, a pretty big topic in there and, and talks about it really going to uh, more of the states. Yeah, and it, it, it isn't making abortion illegal automatically uh, in America. Oh, some states had trigger laws that, that did that. But it is really giving it back to the states. So the states can uh, do, make the determination on where does life start and who to, how to protect the rights of the unborn and whether or not to make abortion legal or illegal. So uh, I think there's a lot of hysteria from people. Um, I, th- I think you see some people celebrating and cheering and you see other people grieving. Um, but there's a lot of false narratives being put out there like, oh, well, now woman, uh, women won't be able to get the health care they need or women are going to suffer greatly if they have a miscarriage or uh, mm-hmm. women could go to jail if they miscarry their baby. Like all these, it's just, that's just bogus. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this uh, overturning Roe v. Wade does not make all abortions illegal automatically. It's just really giving the states uh, the authority to make a determination if it should or should not be illegal. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's uh, <clears throat> a point that needs said. So we want to start, if you guys haven't listened to a, a lot of our, our shows or just some of them 
we actually talked about abortion all the way back at the beginning in episode four. And, and we posed the question, is abortion always wrong? And, and trying to look if there's any uh, scapegoats, any, any ways through where abortion was acceptable and right. So uh, first, we'd encourage you guys, go back and listen to that one, because you're going to get a lot more of the, the background on abortion there. We're going to recycle some of that because it still applies. The, these scriptures and arguments apply the same way, but go into uh, a, a little bit differently since you know this is more about Roe v. Wade. But we'd encourage you to go check that out. But for some of you newer listeners who haven't heard that, if you want to just keep listening, we're still going to walk you through this and uh, give, again, the perspective of how Christians should view this overturning of Roe v. Wade. Right. So first, before we get into, really, we're kind of going at it, the dissecting some of the pro-abortion arguments exactly. and, and, and looking at uh, pushback to those and, and some scriptures that would go against those because we, if you guys, again, are on socials, you're just seeing the same thing repeated over and over. It's, it's, it's honestly exhausting. It's all just the same stuff. Nobody makes a new argument anymore. But before we get into that, we want to start with the question of when does life start? Because really the abortion argument, it hinges on this. If, if we can't agree on where life starts, then abort, nobody's ever going to agree on that. And, and in fact, that's what a lot of the issue is. For some people, they don't care. They just you know, want to kill it. They don't care whether it's a baby or whether it's a fetus or, or whatever uh, terminology people want to use that really means the same thing. But uh, we, we got to define that because then that really sets the rest of the argument up as to whether all abortion is always wrong, whether some is acceptable, whether it's actually killing a baby, whether it's not, does the baby feel, is it just a fetus, all, all the questions that people debate. And so I want to start with a few different scriptures. And, and the first one is Jeremiah 1, five, where it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. This is God speaking to Jeremiah. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I've appointed you a prophet to the nation. So we we see this, that Jeremiah is being called to uh, a purpose to be a prophet, right? That's what God's saying to him. But you also get this idea that he's being formed in the womb. God formed him in the womb already. He has a plan for Jeremiah. He's making him into the image of God that he that he is, that all people are. And so right away, Jeremiah 1.5, we see clearly that God is uh, in control in, uh, of creating life in the womb. Yeah, another example where you see this uh, life in the womb is Luke 1. And in Luke 1, verses 39 through 44, we see the mother of John the Baptist, Elizabeth, and she's meeting Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus. And when they when they greet, uh, it says uh, that the baby, so John the Baptist inside uh, Elizabeth, the, the baby leaped in her womb. So uh, you say, well, maybe the baby was just kicking or baby was just moving. But if you go down and read in verse 44, this is what it says. Elizabeth says that when I heard your voice and your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Mm. Right? So we we even have God, this is the word of God, saying that that baby had joy mm-hmm. in the womb. You may say, well, how can it comprehend that? Well, John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. Yeah. Uh, we, we read about that. So, um, And we know the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, good, but emphasis, joy. Yep. So even that, we see the, the baby alive, the baby experiencing even joy in the womb. Then Psalm 139, 13 through 16, one of the, the most famous verses or passages used uh, regarding abortion says, For you formed my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. 
uh, again, so clear as uh, the psalmist is writing that God has created everything about them, knew it before they were even a thought. Mm -hmm. God had a plan for their lives that even the, the days were written out, were ordained for them when there hadn't even been one that happened yet. So I, th I think this is one of those scriptures we can look at to say, okay, according to this, you'd see that life almost even starts it, it, in God's eyes before the womb, before conception. God's already got it planned God out knows, for this. Yeah. Yeah, God knows what's what's coming and what's going to happen. He knows all of our days. But certainly conception. Yes, but, but absolutely conception. Uh, and then th give me three quick passages too, because this is, this is the number one way that women's pregnancy is ref a woman's pregnancy is referred to in the Bible. And that is the phrase with child, which that phrase itself ought to tell you something about uh, when life begins. But Isaiah seven fourteen, a prophecy about the coming Messiah says that the virgin will be with child and will bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. And we know that means God with us. So Notice the pregnancy is described as with child. So not just the woman, the virgin will be pregnant, but with child. Or like in Exodus 21, 22, where they, there's a law even about uh, a woman being uh, pregnant. But notice it says here, if a man struggles with each other and they strike a woman who is with child and she gives birth prematurely and there's no injury, then she's fine. But you know, if that child dies, then it's life for life. Right, so the death penalty is brought forth upon uh, them if that child does. But notice the pregnancy is referred to as with child. Or in Genesis sixteen eleven, when the angel of the Lord comes to Hagar and explains to her that she has a uh, a, a child, she's having a child. Um, it's, he says he says to her, "You are with child." So just a few examples there that pregnancy is described in the Bible as with child. Yeah. So, so very clearly, everywhere we see in Scripture, and, and there's there's more verses. This is our recapped uh, section for when life starts. We see it very clearly at conception. God has a plan. In the womb. It's yep. in the womb. They are called with child at that point. It's not called anything else, uh, and, and I think that's very intentional. Yep. So, you know, getting into some of the pro-abortion arguments, one of them you brought up earlier is that women will say that they don't get the health care that they need, or, or if pe not people abortion, will just yeah. say, yep, women won't get the health care they need if there's no abortion. That's very common that people will say uh, today about that and that it's not fair to women. It's not fair for anybody else to make that uh, judgment call for them because they don't get the health care that they need. Right. So the question is, is, is abortion health care? Yep. Right. And uh, I think another good question to ask is, is, is abortion ever needed? Yeah. Um, and so some people ask a question like, well, what about in the event of rape or incest, you know, medical conditions of the mother? What about that? According to a large survey by the Guttmacher Institute, uh, only 1% of people who had abortions indicated that the abortion was by rape and only a half a percent indicated it was because of incest. And now these are tragic events. If these things would happen, I mean, obviously we can't imagine what that would be like great wickedness and sin for this to happen. Um, yet it's a, it's a small minority of abortion or abortions are related to this. And it's not the best way to uh, handle that tragedy Yeah, uh, to end the to end a life. Yeah, so even if that even if a woman is in that one percent, that one and a half percent, based on that uh, study and survey, um, we determined that because the baby is human and because life begins at conception, it would still be murder. It's still absolutely. killing an innocent person. Right. So what happened to this woman was absolutely wrong. But God can still use babies born in bad circumstances for His purpose. We know that two wrongs don't make a right. So overall, even though these events that 
bring about unintended pregnancies are evil and unfortunate. That does not justify as abortion as a means of quote solving the problem. Right. And so, uh, so I think it's not that's healthcare. Right? And, and it's... In fact, we have some other stats we're going to bring up here in just a minute that are pretty interesting related to the question actually about what about to save the life of the mother? Cause that's another one, one of the most common ones I hear, right? Th- those actually, those big three saving the life of the mother, rape right. and incest. Yep. What do we do if, if abortion is illegal, then those women are the ones that, uh, you know, are impacted the most and that's the, not yep. fair to them. And so all abortion should be legal or allowed because of that. Right. And, uh, you know, I think it's important also to remember miscarriages are not abortions. When you look at a lot of these arguments, we were looking at one as we were preparing for this, uh, where they were fact checking someone who said abortions are not medically necessary. And they were like, oh yeah, of course they are. And then when you read the arguments they make, they're actually describing miscarriages mm. where they would do like a DNC and clean out the, what's left. For, for example, one of the ones we read about, um, was there's a woman in India who, um, had a miscarriage at 17 weeks but didn't have everything cleaned out and died of a blood infection. Yeah, of sepsis. Right? Yeah. Of sepsis, yeah. So she had a miscarriage. And there's since the abortion could have saved her life, that wouldn't be abortion. Yeah, and many times you'd mentioned too that abortion is, I mean, the, the, what it technically means is the terminating of a pregnancy, but even uh, miscarriage is also called a spontaneous abortion. So right. like, there will be in, <laughs> right. in people or in, in medical uh, terminology, abortion can also mean miscarriage in medical terminology, right. but that's not what we're talking that's about. Not what and we and mean. like anybody right. who knows anything and isn't completely ignorant knows there's a difference between those right. two. So uh, look at that when you're looking at these statistics, exactly. where people talk about them, that there is a difference. Right, because, I mean, Roe v. Wade has nothing to do with that, Yeah. right? So when we talk about abortion and we talk about Roe v. Wade, we're not talking about miscarriages and the things that need to happen after that to ensure the safety of the life of the mother. Yep. Now, there are pregnancies like a ectopic pregnancy, and now that's when a um, fertilized egg implants outside the, the uterus. Uh, these, these fertilized eggs will not survive. It's impossible. Uh, and if they left to grow on their own, they may damage nearby organs, cause life-threatening loss of blood and things like that for the woman. Um, that's an extremely, extremely rare thing. Um, but even that, I, I wouldn't say that that view that as an abortion, that it's, it's outside the uterus. There'll be yeah, no, it's not growing. It's not going to grow. Um, so it is a fertilized egg, but that's, that's, that would be the only one I could possibly see. But even that is not abortion in, in the sense of what we, we know. And then you got like preeclampsia, high blood pressure. There are other options. You don't have to kill the baby. Uh, Karina uh, had some of that went on bed rest. She didn't have to have an abortion. Um, I can even remember her talking about her mom was on bed rest for probably three months, the last three months that she was pregnant with Karina um, or uh, mental health. That's another big one. It's like, well, you know, the mental health of the mother and, and they, they can, uh, that could cause them some life threatening issues if they have mental health, but um, there are other options and, and mental health is not a reason to kill another person. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so we, we found some other uh, statistics that are pretty interesting. Now this is just confined to the state of Florida. Okay. So just, laying that out there, but the state of Florida records a reason for every abortion that occurs within its borders each year. And so in 2020, there were just about 75,000 abortions in Florida. Now there's a table of all of the different reasons that women listed for why they got their abortion. So just a couple ones to highlight first, a 75% of them were listed as no reason or elective. 20% of them were the woman aborted for social or economic reasons. If you can do math, that's, that's right at 95% of abortions now in that, that year of the state of Florida were no reason or social economic reasons. Now 
it says 0.01% of the pregnancies in Florida that were aborted resulted from an incestuous relationship. 0.15% was where the woman was raped and 0.20% were with the woman's life was endangered by the pregnancy. So if you do that math, you have 0.36% of all of the 75,000 abortions that year in Florida were from incest, rape, or the mother's life in danger. Right. That is, that, that's smaller than even that survey that we, that Gutenberg yeah. survey that we looked at right. that was, that was women overall. But that is, again, tragic things. All of those are. But 0.36% of 75,000 is, is like the definition of an exception. Right. So, so the, the point I think you're making, and just give it some numbers here to make, so you give a percentage, let's get some numbers. Uh, so that same survey you were looking at, uh, out of that 70 something thousand abortions, only 194 of them, 194 of them were due to life endangering physical conditions of the mother. And again, this may include miscarriage stuff that we talked about. Mm-hmm. The pro-life sites we look at, they don't include miscarriages in their statistics. Uh, here uh, they do. But um, th- th- that's that's crazy. Or like eight, eight abortions out of the 70-something thousand were due to incest and 100 were due to uh, rape. So if you're looking at that, doing the math, we're talking about like 98% of all the abortions have nothing to do with the reason that people are arguing, oh, we should have Roe v. Wade. Yeah, or even according to those stats, even even higher percentage. Even higher percentage of that. And so I just I think that argument is ridiculous. Yep. Um, it doesn't justify killing the other, you know, ninety nine percent of all the babies that are being murdered. Um, and and even in even these situations here, we're talking about as tragic as they are, um, they're not the, they're not reason to justify yeah. taking an innocent life. But what we see from that is the overall overwhelming majority are, are more convenience or social yes. ramifications. Yeah, and like, like uh, we were looking at some of those stats. Yeah, they they just. Uh, it was a matter of convenience or economic reasons or, or mm-hmm. whatever, and and so um, it, it's 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 sad acts of selfishness and um, uh, sinful uh, desires, uh, wanting to be able to have sex without consequence. Yep. And one of the other big arguments, probably uh, one of the biggest ones that have that's been around forever, is that nobody has a right to tell a woman what she can or cannot do with her body, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which is, of course. Uh, an argument used here, but was never used during COVID um, when people were only <laughs> telling vaccines, people your what they should do with their yeah. body. Uh, but we'll, we'll leave that one there. First uh, <laughs> Corinthians six, 19 through 20 uh, takes a, a little bit different uh, perspective on this argument. It says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and that you are not your own for you have been bought with a price. Therefore, therefore glorify God in your body. And so we know from a, a Christian perspective, when we have the Holy Spirit within us, we are uh, one God made us. We're made in the image of God. Um, but with the Holy Spirit within us, we are a representation of Jesus to others in, in right. this world. And so how we live and what we do with our bodies absolutely matters. And so even when it comes to just the idea of I can or can't do whatever I want with my body. It's just gotta, not a Christian yeah, concept. Yeah, no, you you got to run all that by God first. It's got to yeah. glorify God in what you do. Otherwise, you're in sin. Right. So, and, and I get the whole thing like, you know, this, I have my rights and you you don't have the yep. right to tell me what I can. I understand where that comes from, but it's not a Christian yeah. worldview. That's not a biblical worldview based on what you just said. Our body's not our own anyway. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's extremely selfish. Um, Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit 
but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also the interest of others. And so if you're a, a pregnant woman, um, you should not do, you should not be insistent on your rights. You have a responsibility given to God. If you are a Christian to consider what you do and how it would affect the baby that God has blessed you with inside your womb. Yeah. And, and then I think finally with that too, is even this argument is, is a broken argument because this, this isn't like, you know, some woman arguing for why she should be able to smoke cigarettes or, or something like that. Like you're talking about a, another living person inside of you yep. that you committed an act of having sexual intercourse to create that baby. And so at this point with this argument of, of people not being able to tell you what you can or cannot do, when it comes to an innocent life, it, it's a whole it's not different just about thing. You, and, right. and yeah. Proverbs 31, 9 through 10 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. There is a baby inside that womb that cannot speak up for itself. Absolutely. It cannot tell, it cannot say that it's in pain. It cannot say that I want to live. It cannot say these things. And so other people whether it's man or woman, because uh, especially the, the, the pro-abortion will say a man doesn't have a right to tell a woman what to do with her body. If that woman is murdering or trying to murder another baby, an innocent baby, absolutely anybody has the right to stand up and say that is not okay and you cannot do that, just like we would do with outside the womb. We don't see somebody getting murdered on the side of the road and like, I'm not going to tell that guy what to do because that would be offensive and that would infringe on his rights. No, he... He's losing that when he's trying to take somebody else's life. And Absolutely. so that, that same thing applies to this argument, and that's why that argument doesn't land. We do have certain God-given rights, right? Yep. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness that the um, our founding fathers identified as biblical concepts. And I, I would agree that those are biblical concepts, but that doesn't mean you have the right to take someone else's life. Yeah. And the last argument um, that we're looking at is this one. I, I hear this a lot, um, and this is, this is a very popular one. You pro-lifers need to be ready to take all these unwanted babies now that uh, Roe v. Wade is overturned, right? Because there's going to be all these women that want to just throw their babies away or drop their babies off here or throw babies in dumpsters, and you need to be willing to go get those babies. How dare you? You're not really, you're not really pro-life. How dare you, right? Yeah, you're Unless, just pro-birth. You're just pro-birth, yeah. Um, well, first off, and I, I said this on social media, and I can't believe this didn't get me banned. It was actually someone else that got me Something else got me blocked on Twitter permanently. But um, I said a baby doesn't automatically become someone else's responsibility just because you are not allowed to murder him or her. Yeah. And and that's true. Yep. Like Roe v. Wade is just saying this is rolling back to the states, and there's some places now where abortion is illegal, which means you're not allowed to murder your baby anymore, the baby that's in your womb. That doesn't make that baby automatically – Someone else's responsibility. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. First Timothy five, eight says, if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So clear, I mean, b- big words right there for That's serious, for <laughs> people not taking care of their household, uh, and which would apply to a baby and, Absolutely. and, ju- and, and just personal responsibility too. And we looked at that. I went back and looked at that, that first Timothy five passages yeah. just as we're preparing for this, this episode here. Because I, I was, I didn't want to use it if it was talking about men only, sure. right? Yep. Although there's concepts, and we can say, okay, um, it, it's true for men. It's also true for women. God doesn't have a different standard just because of a gender, mm-hmm. uh, as far as um, what is sin or you know, yep. like uh, morality. Yeah, um, there's different roles, there's different responsibilities, so there's different standards in that way, but not for for this sort of morality. But if you read that passage, the the verses immediately prior to this, like verses 
5, 6, and 7, uh, the Apostle Paul's talking about widows and uh, the, 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 giving them instruction. Yep. And uh, so then he goes on and immediately right after talking about widows and giving them instruction about how they should live, whether they should get remarried or not, he then goes on and says, and if anyone does not provide for his own, especially those of his own household, he's denied the faith and worse than unbeliever. Um, and so he's talking about men and women there. Yep. So I think that anyone means men and women. Yeah, yeah, good good clarifying point. I'm glad you brought that up too. Secondly, Deuteronomy 10, 18, just a short part of it says, he, that being God, executes justice for the orphan and the widow. Mm-hmm. So to your point, a, a woman who just wants to throw away her baby and like, okay, well, now that I'm forced to have this baby, even though I most likely consented to have sex, uh, which could very well lead to a baby, um, that's, you know, I, I'm just going to... It's serious. Somebody else has got to pick that up. But but God here says he, he is he's going to bring justice. For the orphan, right. for the widow, for, for that baby that is left. That, that's the orphan, right? The, the baby that's left, that's unwanted. Right. It's not cared about, that's thrown away. There will be justice on those who contribute to that. Right. And it's not saying don't give your child up for adoption. Yes. Yep. Um, it's just saying that you, you can't neglect your child like that and orphan your child like that and not, ex- and, and not expect that God is, is going to bring forth some consequences yep. on you. I think it's a serious warning. I'm glad. And, and, and blaming other people for not right, picking up the bill. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. God knows who's responsible. Um, but that being said, I think there is another side of this coin. I, I do want to mention it. James one twenty seven says that pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God, our Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. God does want us to care for orphans. So, I mean, yes, I think those terms are acceptable. Like, if you're going to be mad that uh, uh, babies are going to have to be born and uh, you, you can't kill them, I think, yeah, yes, we, 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 we can help take care of those babies. Mm-hmm. Um, but, th- but the key point is, if you're going to treat life that carelessly, there will be consequences. God is going to bring justice. And your child does not automatically become somebody else's responsibility mm-hmm. just because you can't kill it. Yes. But it is a, it is a good thought for us but it's, believers, too, to, that, to think like, okay, mm-hmm. we, we are called to do that. We and are that, called to and love that these may, children. You know, may open children. up a... This overturning of Roe v. Wade may even open up that conversation in your household of like, maybe we do want to adopt. Maybe this is something we weren't considering before, but maybe now. And um, that would absolutely be something to you know consider. Oh, and by the way, the overwhelming majority of all orphanages and adoption agencies all around the country and all around the world are Christian operated. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's a good note to put in there too. <laughs> yeah. So another one we we brought this up on our last uh, abortion episode and, and a few others, but it's worth bringing up, and that's about the god little g god Molech, who who's brought up in the Bible, the false god Molech, and uh, in, in relation to people throwing away their children. And so Molech is really the closest thing to abortion we see in the Bible because it, it's not exactly that way. But in in Leviticus 20, we see this a couple different places where um, God's people are sacrificing to this God Molech. And, and one of the ways they would do that is they would literally offer up their children through the fire. Um, mm-hmm. It would say through fire to the God Molech. And so that's this <clears throat> this child sacrifice to a, a false god that literally resulted in their child dying by burning, which is terrible. And and we see, you know, we yeah, that's not how abortion works necessarily today. But in on the altar of convenience and in the ways that babies are aborted too, this is it's it's a tragic thing. And and so we see that in Jackie, I know you got a couple other um verses as well, but we also see in there that 
it says that anyone who gives any of his children to Molech, God speaking to his people, shall surely be put to death. So that that's serious. A, yeah, that's that's a pretty serious deal and serious consequences for any of the Israelites who turned over and gave their children to this God, false God. Yeah. Um, I also like how in that same passage you're talking about in Leviticus 20, um, it talks about those who follow after him and whore after Moloch. Mm. <clears throat> and I think that's interesting to think about in relationship to abortion, because most of the time with abortion, because um, God, God calls sin ultimately adultery, a whoring after the world. And a lot of times with abortion, that's that's what it ends up being, is uh, whoring oneself after the things of the world uh, rather than the things of God. Yeah, yeah. Baby gets in the way of the <clears throat> convenience the or of success or, or whatever. Whatever, yep. yeah. Uh, Deuteronomy 12.31 uh, speaks about what, what you were talking about, and it calls it an abomination. Um, God hates this, <clears throat> that they give their children up this way. And uh, Jeremiah 32.35 uh, listen to what God says there. Uh, speaking about Moloch, people get up their sons and daughters to Moloch. God says, I did not command them to do such a thing, nor did it ever end turn into my mind that they would do such an abomination. So God mm-hmm. is saying that, that this thing that you guys have started to do, the way you're carelessly treating children that are gifts of God and killing them like this and, and destroying these innocent lives, that, that God it's not even something that, that, that the holy righteous God could ever even comprehend. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how wicked and evil it is. And I, I think as you said, earlier, that, that that's the closest thing that you see in the Bible to abortion is this practice of worshiping Moloch and people killing their children and sacrifice to him. And we've done that in our nation uh, by the millions upon millions upon millions mm-hmm. because yep. of Roe v. Wade. Yep. So just kind of as we, as we finalize, the one other verse we wanted to bring up about what the Bible says regarding this is in Genesis 1, 27 through 28, which is really the backbone of, of why life matters, right? And it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on earth. I think you have a couple of things here first that we have value because we are made in God's image. Right. It doesn't matter who we are, how old we are, um, whether we're at the beginning or before we're even out in as a part of this earth still in the womb or whether we're at the tail end of life, we still have value because we're made in the image of God. And, and, and secondly, you have this, this idea that God has already given the command right away to be fruitful and multiply. Right. There is that abortion violates. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh, abortion goes right against that. So in that, in that verse, those two verses alone, you, you see a bunch that uh, hits against or pushes against abortion, but talks about why we have value and why this is such an important topic and, and needs to be talked about. It can't just be something that's pushed under the rug or when we vote, we just, oh, we, we worry about economic things, but abortion, whatever. No, it, it absolutely matters because God says that life matters. Yeah, because, and that's, that's the thing about abortion, I think, which makes it particularly evil, is that I think abortion is demonic in nature. Um, it, it, it's destroying the image of God in, in the most innocent of lives that we see on this planet. Um, and I think that over and over, just like the, the worship of Moloch, mm-hmm. I believe it was demonic. We see this as, as demonic. It, it goes against what God created the world uh, to be, what God created people to be, as image bearers. It's, and uh, it's, a, it's a form of, I think, the devil hating God when destroy all these little images of God that are being brought into the world. And I think it's, it's, it's great that uh, Roe v. Wade is overturned. Mm-hmm. 
So as we as we wrap up here, there's only one way to become pregnant, and that's by having sex. The, the Bible is clear that sexual immorality, meaning sexual relations with anyone outside of marriage, is sin and has consequences. No one has a quote-unquote right to engage in sex, but it's a privilege given to them from God to the married couple. If a person makes a decision to go against the laws of God and engage in sexual intercourse outside of marriage, they must be prepared to accept consequences that can come with that decision, a.k.a. having a baby. We know life starts at conception, and from the womb to the tomb, every life is precious, and so this absolutely matters. Roe v. Wade matters. Right. So the question, like, how should Christians view the overturning of Roe v. Wade, um, I think it's as answer, it's easy as this. I think it's a great answer to prayer. It's something we've been praying about for, for many, many years, and I see it as a gracious blessing from God that should most definitely be celebrated. You tweet that, you'll definitely get canceled. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't tweet <laughs> you that. Can't, yeah, you already canceled. I already got canceled. <laughs> so, guys, that concludes today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your support. God bless, and we'll talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening to the 1717 Podcast. If you have any questions, please connect with us on Twitter or email us at 1717pod at gmail.com.